building a team that can take a misfit like me and and worship with me. Amen? You don't have to amen the misfit. You can just amen that Pastor Zach built a, built a wonderful team. Don't we have a great team? Amen. We have a worshiping team. We've got a, I can, I can feel it oozing out of y'all. I had some extra music to go into and the whole team just wanted to keep going and I said, I, I can't, I can't kill my congregation the first time back out. I gotta, I gotta warm you up. Um, real quick, I got one announcement. Ladies Lunch Bunch will meet this Thursday, August 13th at noon at Mauricio's. Peachtree, if you've never ate at Mauricio's, it is very good. Can I get a amen on that one? Amen. All right. Oh, it's only you and me. A worshiping heart, doesn't that just fit? Isn't that funny how God just does that? We've been talking for the last two weeks about what it means to have a heart, a heart for worship. As your pastor, this is what I so desire is uh, the Lord made me a worshiper. The Lord has made you a worshiper. Whether you think you're really not into music or you're not, a, you, you may think you're not musical or you're not a musician or you don't think you're a great singer, I want you to know when you leave this world, you will worship for all eternity. We are getting prepared here and what do we do? We sit here and we do four songs, spend about 20, 25 minutes, and we think, man, is he done? Is he done? God's saying, no, he's not done. They're going to continue this for all eternity around my throne, is what the Lord says. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. The Lord loves when you turn your heart to him and worship. And you know what? You may think that I don't have needs. I have needs. I have things that I need, but you know what? When we come into the presence of God, all of a sudden I don't remember the needs. They're gone, and I'm here at the throne of God. I don't know if you know this, but we have access here as human beings. Here on earth, we have access to the throne of God. That veil was torn. That was a tangible veil. And that place was a tangible place that then was given access when Jesus died. And we still to this day have that access. And that's why as we start to worship and we start to really give our hearts that we see people get weepy or start to move emotionally, physically. God's presence is beginning to touch you. And if you get a boost, a boost bump, a goose bump, you know, sometimes you hear, a, you hear a song and it gives you goosebumps. That's not always the Holy Spirit. But when we're in this kind of setting and you start to start, you start to speak according to God's will, I will worship you, Lord, only you. And I will bow down to no one but you. And you start to get moved then, that is the Holy Spirit moving in you. That is the manifest presence of God. That's not some goose bump that you get from a nice, nice voice or a nice tune. That is the presence of God. And when that happens, you need to just kind of let yourself go and see what happens. Just kind of give yourself. If you're not used to it, just get your hands up in the air. 
Lord, I feel it. And I desire it. And God, you're not fickle. You're not going to run off. You are here. You're manifest presence. Touch me. Move me. I've come in here to be changed. Now change me. What I'm trying to do is when you don't know what to do, when we're up here just, just singing along, get your hands up in the air and close your eyes and start to meet with the Lord. That's what we're doing. None of that, none of the last five, ten minutes of that was rehearsed. Up to the, the, the most of it, it was rehearsed, but the last ten minutes was unrehearsed. Even though we kind of kept doing the same thing. But you could hear different voices. And then at the end, I heard your voice. And I heard a, 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 a unifying. When I was walking around, I said, oh yeah, that's it, come on. I could hear the two teams unifying. As a worshiper, that's what I desire. Is I don't just desire to come up here and sing you a song. I desire you to come with me into the presence of God. I desire the presence of God. The heart of a worship. The heart of worship. You remember what the heart of worship is? I've been going over this one word. Surrender. Surrender. Everybody say surrender. Romans six thirteen. Give yourselves to God. Surrender your whole being to him to be used for righteous purposes. You know, if I'd have thought about that, I would have put that verse up before we started singing at all. Kind of feel like that kind of plows the ground for us. It says in Romans 12, 1, we've been going over this. Offer yourselves a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. A living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and to pleasing him. We, I desire for church on the hills worship to please God, not man. I hope that it does please man in a way, but you know what? When we please God, it is going to be pleasing to us. I want to please man through pleasing God. I don't want to please man and miss God. And I don't want to sing a song that you like just to make you feel good and I miss what God wants. You know, these songs we did tonight weren't all my favorites, you know. Uh, most of them were. But there's a couple in there that aren't, that aren't my favorite. I didn't do, we don't do them because it pleases me or it pleases you. We do them because it pleases God and it says what our heart is trying to say. Three barriers that keep us from surrender. Number one, our ignorance. We went over this two weeks ago. Our ignorance of God. We learned that if we would know God, it would become easier to surrender to God. If you would know him and know what his heart is for you and know what he says about you and know that he created you and that everything that he's doing is for your good, it would be easier to surrender to him. Number two, the desire to be God. We saw last week. How it is one of the biggest barriers to surrender is our pride. We get in the way. We move out of the covering of God and into the world. And we want to do it our way, our pride. We won't give in. The desire to be God ourselves. It was one of the first things that Satan said. What do you mean? God said you can't eat that? You can't eat that fruit? Why? It's because you will, you will know everything. It's because you'll be like God. It says in scripture, if you eat this, you will be like God. That's what Satan wanted. Satan wanted to be worshipped. And Eve took the bite. And then number three, our misunderstanding of surrender. 
our misunderstanding of the word surrender. Our world has twisted it. Surrender is best demonstrated in obedience. Cooperating with your creator. You say yes, Lord, to whatever he asks of you. And you know what? When you say no, Lord, it's actually a contradiction. You can't claim Jesus as your Lord if you refuse to obey him. Pretty deep. You say Jesus is Lord, but yet you don't obey him. There is a problem in that. And you know what? After a night of failed fishing, we looked at this last week, that Peter modeled surrender when, when Jesus told him to go fishing again. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Peter's been out all night fishing. Jesus, we've been fishing, and we know what we're doing. We do this for a living. But you say to go back out, okay, we will do it. Surrendered people obey God's word even when it doesn't make sense. It's easy to obey when you agree. It's hard to obey either when you don't agree or when you don't understand. That, I believe, is true obedience. I don't know if, if my parents were to tell me, tell me to go and, I don't know what, as a 10-year-old go, go, or an 8-year-old, go get an ice cream. Go get four scoops. I would be in agreement with that, and I would go obey. But if he told me to go and weed eat, I might not want to obey. You follow me? All right. In the life of Abraham, Abraham also showed us another aspect of surrender, which is trust. Surrendering your life means following God's leading without knowing where you're going. Following God's leading when, you're, when you don't know where. Waiting for God's timing when you don't know when. Expecting a miracle without knowing how. And trusting God's purpose without knowing why circumstances happen. You know, my life, I would say your life, is a big, just like Job's, is a big why. And... Praise God, I have not had to walk through what Job has had to walk through. But I have a lot of whys. But God wants you in the midst of why to trust. That's where we've been, that's where I've been as a, as a Christian and as a pastor of having to trust when I don't understand. In so many aspects, in my children, in my marriage, in my home, in my finances, in the staff, in the church, in the congregation. I don't know why, but I'm called to trust you. Now, will I really trust you or not? You've come in here walking through a situation, and God is, God is waiting for you to trust him. When you trust him, he is going to get you through it. He may not pull you out of it, but he'll get you through it. And he'll be with you all the way through. He won't leave you. And what you come through will better you. Testing leads to patience, leads to character, leads to hope. That's what testing does. If you will trust God, you are going to come out of it. We, I quote this all the time. 
All things work for good to those that love him and are called to his holy purpose. You are going to come out better. You may not can see that, but will you trust even when you can't see it? Good. Psalm 37, 7. Surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. Can you imagine having the dream that Joseph dreamed? And how long he had to wait before he saw it. And what he had to go through to get there. Can you imagine standing on that word and having to wait years? Your brothers betray you. Throw you in a pit to be led for, left for dead. And even worse, they came and found people to buy them. They were going to gain off of it. Get some money. Get taken, put in prison, goes to Potiphar. Doesn't mess up, but the Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. He gets thrown in jail. As people come come in there to jail, he quotes the dreams, or he uh, prophes, or he uh, interprets the dreams. Says, "Don't forget me." They go a couple of years later. Still nothing. But God, you said this. But God's timing was perfect. And it said that God did it for good. He did it for good. You know you're surrendered to God when you rely on God to work things out instead of trying to manipulate others, force your agenda, and control the situation. That's hard. That's hard. You let go and you let God work. You don't always have to be in charge. Instead of trying harder, you trust more. You know you're surrendered. Sounds like you know you're a redneck. You know you're surrendered when you don't react to criticism and try to defend yourself. Think about how hard that one is. Especially for me, I'm a defender, and I'm—I don't—I don't, I don't. This is no uh, tooting of my own horn, but I'm pretty quick-witted, and it gets me in trouble. I'm quick-witted to be angry, quick-witted to be sarcastic, and next thing you know, my mouth's—you know—it says where there's a lot of words, sin is not far away. Am I surrendered to the point that when I receive criticism, I don't have to defend myself? Surrendered hearts show up best in relationships. You are not self-serving. You do not edge others out. And you don't demand your own rights. And the most difficult thing to surrender is your money. So hard. So hard. It says uh, in Scripture that you cannot serve both God and money. And wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. You don't realize that worship, a surrendered heart. God looks at the heart. While we were worshiping through, through the music that we did, God was looking at your heart. How's your heart? Is it truly being poured out for me 
God? Is it truly being poured out for Him? Or are we hanging on? I'm telling you, sometimes you don't realize you got a hold of it until you get in a, in a service where the Holy Spirit comes and the power of God comes and you realize, I've got a hold of this. You know, through... through uh, that I need to share this. Through this week, you know, we've had, through last week, we've had a lot of changes. And I've had to, you know, my work schedule's had to change. And, you know, I'm starting to lead worship again, which, which I love to do. And, you know, I, anyway, started getting out my worship music and listening to it. Just going through stuff that I'm looking at for the future. Not really trying to have a worship experience. You ever done that? You just you're just listening to music. You're not you're not trying to you're not trying to bring the glory down. You're just I'm, I was actually working. I'm listening to my iPod, thinking, "Can I do this song? Will this work?" And next thing you know, my heart started stirring, and I didn't know it. And I start to 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 fall in to this to this. Work. My heart started desiring to worship, starting to desire quit working, Paul, and worship me. And I started to notice that a part of me had dried up. I don't want to say I haven't been worshiping. I have. But you know what? My focus had changed. I'm listening to study tapes. I'm reading books. I'm, you know, doing teaching stuff. And I'd removed the worship. Not because I didn't want to worship. Just because my roles had changed. And I started thanking the Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus. I didn't realize that I had even done that. And I wonder if when you come in here and we start to have this intense worship, do you ever get there and think, I'm not where I'm supposed to be? I don't mean you're not supposed to be in this church. It's I'm not where I'm supposed to be with you, Lord. That's where we're trying to get in this surrendered heart is for you to look and for you to soften up enough to be able to, to, to worship the Lord and say, move in me, Lord, and show me where I need to, to be drawn to you. Show me how I've. You know, I'm probably babbling. I don't mean to babble. But where is your heart? And the Lord started saying to me this week, where is your heart? Where is your heart? And I, you know, I just started worshiping and I started tearing up and I just all of a sudden started to feel, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Are, are you are you making these changes? This is going to sound funny, but Lord, are you making these changes for me? Is it because I've pulled pulled back? And I don't want to say that we needed to lose Zach to go where we're going, but we probably did, and Poplar Grove needed him. You know, somebody said in prayer Monday morning, we're bearing fruit. We took a 15-year-old and raised him up into a nice piece of fruit that somebody else is picking. He is a fruit. But it's a good thing. Will we allow ourselves and will we allow this process, will we allow God to mold us? Because part of this hurts. But part of it feels right. And when I started to realize that I had, I had shut the door on a part of my life, thank you, Jesus, help me if we find another worship leader or where we go from here, that I don't shut that off. Because, boy, that's where my fuel is. I realized I'm running on, a part of my heart is running on empty. 
The rest of it, the teaching and what I've been doing has been good. You know, it's, it's not bad. God's got more. And I want to encourage you. You know, you're here tonight and you're here looking for something. I ask you, when we start worshiping, Sunday morning, when the first note is struck, go back to that first verse. Give yourselves to God. Surrender your whole being to Him. When you're worshiping, give yourselves to God. Offer yourself a living sacrifice dedicated to His service and to pleasing Him. This is the true worship that we are to offer. best example and I'll close here of surrender is Jesus and the night before his crucifixion Jesus surrendered himself to God's plan and he prayed in Mark 14 36 he said father father he said everything is possible for you take away this cup from me yet I want your will not mine Jesus didn't pray God, if you're able to take away this pain, please do so. No, he started off saying, everything is possible. He started off by properly aligning himself with the Father. Everything is possible for you. But if it is in your best interest to remove this suffering, please do. But if it fulfills your purpose, so be it. Genuine surrender says, Father, if this problem, this pain, this sickness, or this circumstance is needed to fulfill your purpose and glory in my life or in another's, please don't take it away. This level of maturity does not come easy. In Jesus' case, he, he agonized so much that he sweated blood. I can't imagine that. You're going to make me cry. I don't know why you're crying, but you're about to make me cry. He sweated drops of blood. Surrender is hard work. It is warfare against our self-centered nature. And you have got to be aware of it. And, and you have got to be working at it night and day. And I would encourage you. Try to just take one step. Try to just make one step tonight towards surrendering. God doesn't expect you to make it the whole way overnight. He doesn't expect you to be able to be perfect overnight, but he does expect you to start stepping. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it. Move toward it. Start moving toward righteousness. That, moving toward righteousness, is surrender. You are desiring to do right, not right according to the world, right according to God. And in doing so, all these things will be added unto you. It is for your benefit. This whole thing on surrender is for you. Your benefit. Bless you. Please God.
in the, in the process. Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, we do just worship you. Lord, I do just lift you up. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. And Lord, I thank you for awakening me. And I wouldn't say I've arrived. I have not arrived. But Lord, you have started me back on a journey to you. And Lord, I desire that we go together. That Lord, where I go, you go. That I go where you go. And Lord, that this church goes where you go. Lord, you've got a place for us to go. And you are about to, you are about to unle- unleash your love upon us. Unleash your blessing upon us. You are just looking for somebody to worship. You are going to and fro looking for someone. Looking for true worship. Lord, find it here. Find it in my heart. Lord, find it in this worship team's heart. Lord, find it in this congregation. Lord, find it in our youth. Lord, find it in Pastor Stephen. Let true worship be found here, Lord. Show us how to worship. Lord, I pray over those that are sick in our church, over Denise Wegner. Lord, over the Huffon family. Lord, over Alma Hollis. Over Phyllis Dillon. Lord, over Rose Thompson. Gail Roberts. Over Roselle Dial. Over Louise Frazier. And Roy Gore. Thank you, Lord. And those that have asked me to pray for their loved ones tonight, Lord, as I was meeting. Lord, you are Jehovah Rophi, the Lord, our healer. Lord, when we come into your manifest presence, we get it all. We don't just get one little piece. We get the entire king. I thank you for your presence tonight. I thank you for this worship team. Lord, I just 